In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I am fishing challenged, as I said. I've never been able to be a very good fisher person. In fact, the first time I ever caught a fish that would be big enough to eat if you wanted to was out in our pond after we moved out here. Uh, I just, and Deborah can tell you I'm not really very good there either. I'm more interested in watching the cattle than I am the fish, so I'm not very good at it. And a number of years ago, my old college roommate said, hey, we're taking a trip to Canada, go fishing. My dad and I, get your dad and a couple other guys, we'll go up to Canada. And I said, okay, uh, I'd love to go, but I need to tell you that I, I, I never catch any fish. And I said, that would be okay, but the people who go with me never catch any fish either. And they said, oh, God, come on, we're going to Canada. They jump in the boat. You know, I said, okay, I'm just saying. So we get up there, and that night I look out, and the moon is shining on the lake, and we're going to go out for the first time the next morning, and I see fish hitting the surf. It looks just like hogs going after protein. It's just, they're everywhere. And I said, this is good. They are going to jump in the boat. And Greg looked out, and he said, um, maybe not. He said, this looks like the mayfly hatch. I said, what's the mayfly hatch? He said, well, that's these little bugs that come out of the mud, and they float to the surface, little white things and then they, they have to sit there for a while before they get enough steam to fly away but while they're sitting on the surface walleyes can't get enough of them they, they gorge themselves I, I said oh that might not be good so the next day we went out and we couldn't get a bite of anything we were we were skunked totally we could we, you could see down several feet I could see I was dangling my bait in front of a walleye and he just went eh, eh, I don't think so because he was gorged on mayflies. We were skunked. That's the gospel lesson for today. <laughs> Peter and his partners, James and John, probably Andrew was in on it, their dad Zebedee, they were out fishing and they came back and they were washing their nets out. Jesus wanted to borrow Peter's boat, which he did, and he sat there and then taught people up on the shore. And when he was done, he said, hey, Peter, go, go let down your nets. Go out to the deep water and let down your nets. Now, at this point, Peter was, you know, pretty skeptical because they were, uh, these were gill netters. These were not, they were not rod and reel guys or even regular net. They were gill netters, and that meant that fish had to swim into the holes in the net and get caught in their gills. That's how they got them. And you wanted to do that at night so that they couldn't see the net. And you, you did that in the shallow water where they'd come to feed. Jesus is telling them, go out in the middle of the day in the deep water. And I'm sure Peter was thinking at that point, well, you may be a whiz-bang rabbi, but you don't know squat about fishing. Because we've already, we, we did that all night and got skunked. So I'm, there's not much chance doing it. But to his credit, Peter was able to say, okay, nevertheless, uh, at, at, at your will, we will do it. Now that's pretty good. Because a lot of times when people think they know something, they don't want to take advice from somebody else. And a lot of times for all of us, we do something and it doesn't work. And then we do the same thing, only harder. And it doesn't work. <laughs> we redouble our efforts and do the same thing. And it doesn't work. Peter was able to surrender. We used to run into this in the, the drug alcohol treatment center. People would be going, well, I don't see how that's going to help. Or I don't think that'll work. We would just say, hey, hey, try it our way for 30 days. 
If you don't like the way you feel and you don't like the way your life is going, we'll gladly refund your misery. You can go back and do it the way you were. We call it the famous Middletown misery back refund. So Peter was able to, to, to surrender and let go and, and try it somebody else's way. And lo and behold, it worked really well. He had a fish in every hole in the net. His net was breaking. He filled his boat, called the partners over. They filled their boats. The boats were sinking. They had so many fish in them. They came to shore, and Peter was so humbled and, at, at being next to that kind of power that he said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And Jesus didn't depart from him, and in fact said, This is exactly the kind of guy I want to work in the kingdom. A regular laborer, ordinary fisherman, regular guy. That's the kind of guys I want. He didn't pick the rabbis and the scribes. He just wanted regular guys. And so he chose Peter. And at the end of this, he said, Don't be afraid, Peter. From now on, you will be catching people. Or fishers of men, another translation. Another translation, catching alive people. And Peter and James and John dropped their nets and followed Jesus. I don't know what that did with the fishing company and what Zebedee had to say about it when the boys all took off, but that was it for them. They had seen enough, what they needed to say, see, and they left and followed Jesus, and that was it. So this is, last Sunday we had the Old Testament lesson that was an evangelism uh, text about being the mouthpiece of God. This is the New Testament version of evangelism stuff because this is the most common evangelism text that we have about being fishers of men. I don't know if, do you have the, uh, are there any of the little uh, evangelism cards in here? If there are, do they have the symbol of the fish on them? They might have. Because the symbol, oh, hey, does, does this have, let's see, does it? Oh, no, it doesn't have. I thought it did have. Well, sometimes you have the symbol of the fish on there. That's a Christian symbol. And the, the Greek word for fish is ichthus. And that's an acronym for, every letter stands for something, ICTHA stands for Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. And in the early church, when the church was being persecuted, if you wanted to, to find out without getting thrown in jail or killed, if somebody else was a follower of the way, which is what Christianity was called then, you, would, you might take a stick and draw the picture of a fish in the dirt. And the other guy would say, Oh, are you a follower of the way also? Yes, I am. That was like the Christian secret handshake. You know, that you could tell if somebody was a Christian that way. So the symbol of the fish is a great Christian symbol. And you'll see it sometimes on people's bumper. You've you seen that? Yeah, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. That's what that means. And I think, as far as evangelism, I think sometimes we, we look at this text and we go, well, you know... Um, Catching people, that, that has kind of a negative sound to it. You know, it sounds like people are trapped. You know, their poor gills are in a net somewhere and they're, they're dying of oxygen. It has a bit of a negative connotation to catch people, catch alive people. And, uh, you know, evangelize, to evangelize. That sounds like you're doing something to somebody instead of doing something for somebody. To evangelize, it sounds like... Uh, euthanize or sterilize or vaporize or you know one of those eyes words um, and, and it, it has a bit of a, a bad a negative connotation to it but how about this what if you what if you looked at it another word for this 
Another translation would be to, to, to be captivated. What if you looked at the gospel message as something that could captivate people? It's good to be captivated, isn't it? Yeah, like those of you who have a new uh, baby in the family or new grandchild, new great-grandchild, is it not true that when you look at this new child, you are captivated by them? It just, it just draws love from you immediately. You're captivated by them. That's not a bad thing to be captivated. Or maybe, uh, well, I was thinking back to when I was in kindergarten. There was a little girl in my class named Merle Nelson. And uh, she was one of the cutest little blonde-haired, blue-eyed Scandinavians you ever saw. And I used to, we used to roll our rugs out to take our nap in the afternoon. And I always put my rug next to Merle Nelson. Now, other kids didn't necessarily like to take a nap. I thought naps were great. <laughs> perfect. She captured my heart. I even wrote a little poem about her, which mercifully has been lost over the years, so I can't be teased about that. Merle Nelson captivated my heart. And it's been captivated a few times since then, you know, not since Deborah, of course, but I mean, you know, like um, other, other times. Captivated, captured my heart. That would be a good thing, wouldn't it? To be captivated. But sometimes even at that, in the Christian church, we, we think maybe that the, the gospel message that we're, you know, the net that we're putting out there, the gospel message, maybe it isn't... Um, spiffy enough, modern enough, uh, educated enough sounding. It's, maybe it sounds a little corny. Maybe we've got to dress it up a little bit, you know, to make it more palatable to the modern world. I don't think so. I think that the gospel message is catchy enough the way it is. And I'm going to try this out on you and see what you think. Here's some phrases and some concepts that God gives his people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Here's some phrases and concepts. See if this sounds like it could captivate you. I love you. I chose you. Before you were born, I knew you. I knew you in the womb. I know, I know everything about you. I know every dark secret you have, and I still love you. I care what happens to you. When you cry, I cry. When you go through tough stuff, I am there. When the wind howls and the waves crash, I am with you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the water, I will be with you. The river shall not overwhelm you. The fire will not burn you. The flame will not consume you. You are precious in my sight. I have honored you and I love you. I am full of compassion merciful and abounding in steadfast love. I have forgiven your iniquity and remember your sin no more. Does that captivate you? It captivates me. And I think it captivates other people if they get the message. I don't think we have to gussy it up too much. I think the Word of God has a power in and of itself that people just need to hear it. We don't have to dress it up or dress it down. Just, just throw the net out. And that's what the Lord is saying. We don't have to be special talkers or have big words or do anything else. Just throw the net out. God will yield the increase. That's not our job. Our job is just to throw the net. 
Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.